Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 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 Talking points. Getting you talking. Mr. Ibrahim Ryland from Sasa joins us this evening and uh, looking at your questions and uh, very important aspects that you need to focus on and be aware of when you are drawing your Sasa monies as well. And then also for current beneficiaries and the like, we know that you're sitting sometimes an hour or two and then you leave without uh, doing your fingerprints and come the day when you think you should get your money and there's nothing. So just be very careful that you take heed and listen very careful to this program as well. If you know of some other people who are beneficiaries of SASA, uh, tell them to tune into the voice of the Cape. Very beneficial. And also Mr. Ireland taking out his own personal time to be here this evening. So we've appreciated very, very much that he's doing it on his own accord and that to help and assist our community. Um, also very important, something that was also raised is uh, should the beneficiaries, should they be giving out the could Sasa call them to give their PIN number for any reason? I'm glad you've asked that, Aslam, because mm. under, so, under no circumstances would any official from Sasa, from the agency, call any client or any beneficiary mm. asking for personal information like a PIN number. We would call you if we've sent you a letter asking you to provide us with a three-month bank statement and you haven't responded to our letter, we would then call you to ascertain you know, what the reason is why you haven't provided us with a three-month bank statement. But under no circumstances would we ask you for your PIN number. Not only is it legal, that SAS official can lose his or her job. So if someone calls you identifying themselves as calling from SASA or working for SASA, please report that immediately to us. Or there's a toll-free number that you can call, or you can either come to our office or service point mm. and provide us with that information so that we can also then, you know, also if, it, if the person mm. has called to your cell number, we can then check from which yes. number the person has called so that we can go deep into the... There's a lot of fraud happening. Mm-hmm. And we don't want people to be conned out of, out of their monthly pensions or, or grants, you know. And mm. Because, look, it's like I said, it's not a lot of money, 1,410 rand. But at the end of the day, it's something... That, that you can use mm. to tie you through for the month. And, and it's much needed finance for a lot of people. Actually, it's much needed money for millions of beneficiaries out mm. there. Mm. And for you to be conned out of that, you know, is heartache. I mean, we've had many, many instances, specifically in the Google A2 area, where people have been conned out of their monthly pensions. Mm. And there's really nothing. We can't tell you, okay, we're going to reimburse you now. Yeah. Because you made that, that you provided the person with a PIN number. So... Mm our records would reflect that the money was drawn. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you drew the money or withdrew the money or someone else withdrew the money, the fact of the matter is the money was withdrawn. And we can't not tell you, okay, because someone else withdrew the money, we're going to reimburse you for that. Yes. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about the contractors, uh, because I know sometimes people find uh, at the, the end point, they get those little challenges that face them. When you say contractors? Um, looking at the service providers for SASA. Look, we've got, um, we've got many service providers. There are nine regions or nine provinces, and, and there are some uh, service providers who have a national footprint, like your pick-and-pays mm. and your shop right checkers and your OKs and your spas. 
But there are others where, you know, you would have your retail store that is unique to a particular province, like your Boxster store or maybe your mm. Elite stores. That's also on our system. These service providers have a contract with CPS, our mm. payment contractor. So they get paid per unit cost. You know, they get paid a fee. I don't know what the fee is because that is something between themselves and, 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 and CPS. But they are not supposed to levy charges against you. Mm. So they, they can't deduct money from your card because you're using their services. You know, mm. you're going to pick and pay now. You find out that 15 rand has been deducted from your card because you've gone to pick and pay. Mm. You know, so if, if that is also happening, then we also need to know about it. Because the service that we render is a free service. I need to emphasize this. Yes. It's a free service. You don't pay because you're a recipient of a social grant. You don't pay for the only place you'll pay is the bank charges at an ATM. Because mm. we've got no control, as I've indicated, over the banks and their mm. regulations. But in terms of the service providers, the service providers are not supposed to levy charges. Yes, you'll find service providers specifically once again in your rural areas telling you that they'll cash your money for you, but then you need to buy something at their store. Mm. Now that is a decision that the beneficiary needs to take. I can't tell the beneficiary, listen, don't buy there because you know this guy's telling you before he pays out your money, you need to buy something, whether it's 10% of your monthly um, or monthly pension or 30% of your monthly pension. Because the next retail store might be 60 kilometers away or 30 kilometers mm. away, so it might be the only area where you can yes. actually buy. So people, they need to exercise their options. What are they going to do? And mm. if that is the only store there and you, and you feel that you've, you're doing your monthly shopping there, then yes, you know, mm. problem solved. You it? can buy something there. Mm. But other than that, they are not supposed to levy any charges against your card. Mm. And with CPS, are, are they? Um, will you be changing? Look, CPS, we've gone out on tender. The tender closed a few months ago. They're busy in the process of evaluating the tender. The minister has indicated that the decision will be made public on the 17th of October. So she will then inform the country where the SASA has appointed a new contractor. Three companies have been approved for the tender. You know, um, it's a consortium out of KZN, Standard Bank, and Vodacom. So one of those three companies could possibly be appointed, or the minister might decide that she's not appointing a new contractor, and she will allow the CPS contract to run out, and the contract runs out on the 31st of March 2017. No. So even though she might decide she will appoint a new contractor, doesn't mean that will, that will be the end of CPS. Because mm. in order for the new contractor to take over, CPS will continue paying out you know, until the new contractor is in a position to actually take over the payments. And that could be anything from three months to six months to nine months, you know, mm. depending on how quickly they can get their house in order. So that's the, the information that we have in terms of the new contractors. Minister's prerogative to decide or to appoint a new contractor. And if she does, that contract will be valid for a period of five years. Mm. Okay, I think we're going to um, go once again for our ad and we'll come back with our last uh, few moments with our guest, Ibrahim Ryland. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 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 Talking point. Getting you talking. Our 
guest this evening, Mr. Ibrahim Ryland from SASA, representing SASA, that is, and um, speaking to us about uh, the beneficiaries and uh, various dynamics involved in the SASA and also for the various clients so that they have. Um, we do have a caller online. You know, take a, a call. You'll allow our guests to just listen to the call as well. Assalamu alaikum. Maulana, I'm sure a lot of people must have phoned because I've been trying since 22 and the phones were just ringing. But in, nevertheless, uh, Mr. Ryland, I am one of the pensioners, uh, pensionable of age that was turned down. And I think you know my case. Um, I actually am attending hospitals and I think I've asked you in the past that they request a SASA card from me to prove that I'm a pensioner. Because I was turned down, I don't have a SASA card. And they don't give me a discount. I've just been to the doctor on uh, last week, Sunday, and to pay 400 rand. They don't even look at my age. And I need to have a SASA card. How do I go about it? You have um, SASA has turned me down for reasons that... I am of pensionable age that they've taken my husband's details and due to that I was turned down. Can you please tell me uh, what to do now? Because you have said in the past that they shouldn't ask for um, for a Sasak Mm. card at hospitals to um, benefit. Shukran, Auntie, can can we allow the guests to respond? Shukran very much for the call. Uh, thank you for that question. It's a very important question. You know, unfortunately, all our grounds are means tested, which mm-hmm. means that your your income or your husband's income will be used to to determine whether you actually qualify for a grant. Um, cabinet has taken a decision in principle that the old the old age grant the means test will be abolished for the old age grant, and that might be implemented in two thousand and sixteen. That might be implemented in 2017. Um, we've got no control over that. Look, I just execute the policy. I don't determine the policy. So unfortunately, at this point in time, the grant is still means tested. So if you've got an income or your husband worked and he's receiving a private pension, yeah. that will unfortunately be calculated against or to determine whether you would actually qualify for a social grant or not. Yes. Now, unfortunately, um, I I have a clue as to because I get mm. many calls from clients that mm. that, that just called in now. Muff, Muff, uh, can we take another caller? Then you can answer both sure. those, those questions. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikum salam. Like to pose a question to Mr. Alan. Yes, you may, Auntie. Yeah, Mr. Alan, I get the allowance on my fifteen-year-old son, and about every couple of months, in the sixty-year-old, seventy-year-old. And after the third time of being sure I went to the which I only gave me a phone number to phone, and I actually lost that number. I know there's a number on the card you can phone, but the person never gets it because of the call center you to get the offline and stuff like that answers. Now, this month, I did a balance check at the shop direct uh, outlet, and there was only 17 rand balance. I've got the slip with me. There was nothing in the call, on the card, only 17 rand. I'm the only one handling it. It's only me and my husband in the house. Nobody's got my details, nothing like that. And I think I'm going to waste my time again going to the state office because I don't get proper answers. And if people buy electricity or airtime on your card, I don't know how people go about doing that. I don't know how to do it myself. When 
think somebody told me I must put a block on the phone number that buys it and all that stuff, but there's nobody doing that. I'm the only one handling the code. Hmm. So I certainly is a taxi up and down. I'm in Delft, and I go to Belleville, then Belleville. I go to the just point, it's more convenient for me. Then the time I go to Belleville and stuff like that. So I feel so despondent in going there. I mean, that that's 300 and it's, 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 it's something that you can do with. Hmm. But I don't know now if I must go to the office tomorrow morning or what. And between a rock and a hard place because I don't want to be shoved around anymore for that little bit of money. Yes. Okay, so please tell me what to do. If I if I may, I just want to completely before I respond to that to that client. Um, as I've indicated, um, there's a means test. So unfortunately, with this person, her husband is getting a. I'm assuming he must there must be another source of income, mm. and that is then calculated to determine whether she would qualify for a social grant. Now, unfortunately. The amount that he must be getting is probably too high, which would then disqualify her from getting or receiving a, a old age pension. Mm-hmm. As I've indicated earlier, cabinet has taken, as in principle approved, that the means test will be abolished. Whether we will implement in April 2016 or April 2017, we're waiting to hear from our national office whether it will be April 2016 or 2017. Then any person ages of 60 and above would then qualify for an old age grant, regardless of your income. Mm. Okay, so that cabinet has taken that decision. It's just the implementation that, that we're unclear about at this point in time. Mm. However, as things stand currently, it's been tested. So if you have a certain amount of money that you get every month, that will be used to determine whether you qualify for a grant or not. And unfortunately, for certain people, it will disqualify them. Mm. So mm. in response to the first client. Okay. The second caller... I, I want to emphasize this. The lady lives in Delft, as, of, as she's indicated. She needs to go either wait because there's a service point operating in Delft or she needs to go to the, to the Balva local office. And if she's unhappy with the service, she must insist on speaking to the office manager or the operations manager. I can't overemphasize this. People must not leave our offices disappointed, despondent, or satisfied with sloppy service. That People cannot just push you from pillar mm. to post. She's indicated she's between a rock and a hard place and I understand it's not a lot of money, but it's her money. She's entitled to it. Mm. So if she's been paid short, then it needs to be sorted out. They need to take down the details. They need to t- take down a phone number, any contact number. We need to make contact. This is how the process works. We make contact with CPS to determine why the lady has been short paid. And within 48 to 78, 72 hours, the official needs to get back to her either in writing or by contacting her telephonically to determine what the outcome is of her query. She mustn't leave the office if she's unhappy with the response that she gets, whether it be at the Mitchell's Plain office or the, the Balville office. Mm. But she lives in Delft, so preferably go to the Balville office. Mm. However, if, she, if it's easier for her to go to Mitchell's Plain, she can come to Mitchell's Plain. I happen to sit at Mitchell's Plain, so... Mm. Okay. Uh, we're going to take our last caller now. I think we have about two minutes to go. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam, Olana. Walaikum salam, Olana. You may go ahead with your question. I've just got a question here for Mr. Ryland. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 64 years old, unemployed, or no longer working. My husband is self-employed. But I'm also not entitled to an old age pension, if I can call it that. I do get a small stipend from a retirement annuity. 
But my main problem is why can Zimbabweans, that's not South African citizens, why can they get a pension and not us? That is my biggest gripe. Okay. Mr. Rallens, can you please answer me that, please? Okay, Shukran Auntie, your okay. answer is... Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't make the laws. Um, so if, pers- if, if, if if someone who comes, foreigner comes into our country and they grant the refugee status, they then qualify for all the grant types as well. You know, mm-hmm. so they would qualify for old age grants, they would qualify for child support, foster child grants, those types of things. Mm. But that is once they've received the refugee status. Mm. You cannot just come into a country as a foreigner and then come and apply for a social grant. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's only once you've been allocated or afforded refugee status, only then can you then apply for any one of our social grants. You know, because your refugee status is usually granted to you for a period, not a minimum period of one year. And during that time, if you are in need of assistance, the government is then obligated, because we've signed various statutes, international statutes, that that being a signatory mm. to, we, we need to fulfill and honor our commitments, you know. Mm. So, in respect of the, the lady who called now, unfortunately in her case, she's saying she's, she's receiving a small stipend. I don't know how small, you know, because she doesn't, she hasn't explained how small the stipend is. But nothing stops her from inquiring again, just to ascertain whether she would qualify this time. Mm. People must come in, and, and if her husband is self-employed, you know, usually when you're self-employed, your, your, your income would vary. You know, mm. it's not the same every month. It's not like you're working for an employer where you know you get a fixed amount of money yes. every month. If you're self-employed, depending on what you put in, that is what you will generate at the end of the month. So the amount of money that he gets might differ every month, mm. and she could still possibly qualify. I don't know what the what type of business is in, you know, so for me it's very difficult to say. But nothing stops her from coming to our offices or calling our numbers just to ascertain whether she would actually qualify. Mm-hmm. But in terms of foreign nationals coming into our country, yes, if they are refugees, they would qualify. But that is a decision taken by our politicians. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not something that... And if you have a problem or concern or challenge with that, then you need to address that to your, to your members of parliament, you know, mm-hmm. so that they can take it up in the, in the proper forums, in the appropriate forums. It's mm-hmm. not for me to articulate an opinion. I work for the government, yeah. you know. We're only executing exactly. the policies, not uh, involved in drawing up these policies. Shukran, very much. We've come to uh, the end of our program. It's like uh, nearly two minutes after eight. Shukran, very much for taking your time out, your personal time with your family and your loved ones to be at the Voice of the Cape and answer questions. And uh, for those uh, SASA beneficiaries, we really do appreciate it. So shukran very much to yourself, uh, Mr. Ibrahim Ryland for joining us this evening. Uh, Maulana Aslam, it's been a pleasure. And it's always, you know, I don't mind spending time here at the radio station because it's important to empower our communities. Mm -hmm. So once again, thank you to you and your radio station for allowing me the opportunity to come and speak um, Mm. to your listeners. So, shukran very much once again. Uh, That concludes our, uh, this uh, part of our program that deals with Sasa. Join us uh, after the Wakta Avrisha as we continue with Talking Point. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Serial. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the Voice of the Cape.